All right, all right, all right. I am testing out this microphone. Gonna do a podcast. Does God hate Christmas? Well, we can learn about what God hates when we apply it to how we celebrate Christmas. Sounds pretty ridiculous, right? Does God hate Christmas? Of course not. He loves Christmas. He loves everything I do. He loves everything about me. But Christmas has come and gone, and we can turn to a very interesting question. Does God hate Christmas? I was reading an article the other day, and somebody was writing how they grew up with the idea from their parents, from their church, that God hated Christmas, and they even protested Christmas. It was the Westboro Baptist group that I was reading about. What a strange question, because Christmas is when literally billions of Christians celebrate celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, their Savior, and every human I can think of just celebrated Christmas, even if they were not celebrating Jesus, God's gift to humanity. But then, what do you do with the scripture like Amos 5.21 that says, I hate, I despise your religious festivals, your assemblies are a stench to me. Amos 5.21, I hate, I despise your religious festivals, your assemblies are a stench to me. And by the way, that is not the Grinch saying that, that is God saying that in the Old Testament book of Amos. And that is the scripture that Westboro Baptist used to fight against Christmas. Now, most of us, many of us, would think that maybe God hates how unbelievers celebrate Christmas, but certainly God does not hate the way we celebrate Christmas, right? We must remember, though, that the scripture is directed towards God's people and not a group of outsider heathen reprobates. I think we read scripture a lot, and we see that, and we forget it. We think that all of this type stuff is for people that aren't good church-going Christians. It's for everybody else. But when we take a look at this story in Amos, just briefly, and you'll find that God hated their feasts, their celebrations. He took no pleasure in the smells of their sacrifices. And for me, that would be the cooking of the turkey or the ham or the roast or the ribeye, whatever you were cooking that was supposed to be pleasing, that God didn't take pleasure in it, and it stunk up the room for him. And I assumed if they had music and worship music and praise music at this festival, that God had his fingers in his ears while they were singing the latest favorite worship tune off Spotify. Wait, I can hear you saying right now, hey, just give me an answer. Does God hate Christmas? Well, now you can fast forward to the end of this and find out what I think, but I think it would be best if you know, we thought about what God hates and then apply what God hates to how you and I celebrate Christmas. So we've got four things that God hates. I'm not going to give you a lot of scripture. You can just find it on your own, do some work if you're curious. So what God hates, and we know over and over and over again, is that God hates imitation. He hates when we imitate acts of worship without our hearts and minds connected to the deeper thing or the deeper things. He hates when we Imitate a righteous man instead of accepting his righteousness. Imitation is a form of hypocrisy. It's a form of acting. It's a form of play acting where we put on a disguise so we can look like someone else. And the only thing we're to put on to look like something else 
is salvation, and we actually don't just look like something else. We become something else. So God hates imitation. The second thing God hates is God hates a giver who gives grudgingly. He hates a complaining, whining, negative giver. And that's with the finances, but I think he hates a giver who gives grudgingly and complaining with acts of service, a giver who gives uh, words of uh, affirmation or words of uh, hope grudgingly and only one forced to like, go tell your brother Timmy that you love him and hug him. That is giving some love, love grudgingly and when forced. God is not impressed, nor does he like, nor is he moved when we give without joy and with an obligation mindset. I think that obligation mindset is a lot of teaching and um, it's a lot of we should, we have to, we must, even though we know that we don't have to, that we must not necessarily because we don't. So instead to think of a, of a different way outside of obligation. So God hates a giver who gives only when forced. The third thing God hates that I have here is God hates religious duty for the sake of fulfilling an obligation. And yes, I said God hates duty. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's funny. You might not, but God hates religious duty that when we only are obligated to fulfill something that we think that we have to do or somebody has told us we have to do or church or denomination or religious guidelines have told us what to do. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do them. It just means that we, when we only do them out of obligation, that's out of a wrong heart. That's out of a slave servant mentality, a slave servant heart. Um, and we are sons and daughters and we do them out of a family a desire to participate in the family business without obedience and a growing devotion to God and to his image bearers, which are other humans, everything can become religious duty that God despises. I want to say that again, that everything can become religious duty that God despises, that God hates when we are not walking in obedience and a growing devotion to him and the people around us. And again, you won't have, you don't, you do not have a growing devotion to God if you are not loving those who bear his image. All right. So, first, God hates imitation. Second, God hates those who give only one force. Third, God hates religious duty. And this last one is God hates sacrifice without obedience. Obedience is always better than sacrifice, and I've struggled a lot about with that through the years. But I'm going to tell you why uh, that I've come up with is simply because obedience can only be accomplished through a continued connection to Christ. I want you to hear that our obedience to God can only be accomplished through a continued connection to Jesus, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's impossible to obey if we're not connected to him. I want, I want to say that again. It's impossible to obey, to walk in obedience without a, a connection to the mind of Christ, without a connection to the heart of God, without a connection to the coach and counselor that the Holy Spirit is. Whereas we can fulfill sacrifices, the obligation of the right meat at the right time and the right music and the right words and the right amount of financial giving and follow the rules, we can do all of that by completing a list, okay? 
And I don't want you to hear me say that sacrifice is not important because sacrifice is definitely super important. All right. So there's four things that God hates. Now I want to take those four things and I've got four things that connect with those four things about what God hates versus how we celebrate Christmas. So here's some questions I want you to ask. Now that we know four things that God hates, there are other things that God hates, but those are the four things that I uh, chose that came to mind as I'm thinking about this topic. Um, but maybe you want to change some things up next year of how you celebrate Christmas and some of the activities you do, some of the ways you give, some of the ways you think about it. Because when we begin to think about Christmas differently, when we begin, begin to think about anything differently, we then will begin to act different in that way over time. So first question, group, there's a couple questions in each one or two in each of these, but did you engage in intimate acts of worship? Was your heart and mind directed towards God, connecting with God, uh, sensing the Holy Spirit in corporate worship when you're in your car, or were you simply enjoying your favorite Christmas music? There's a huge difference. One is worship. One is a sing-along karaoke. I think many of us, most of us, struggle with engaging in true worship with music because we get distracted by I love this song and our soul jumps in without our spirit being attached it was body soul which is mind and, and emotions and our on our spirit all directed towards him connecting with him so did you engage in intimate acts of worship and not just in music but in worship this holiday season second did you give gifts this year only to those who could give gifts in return. It fascinates me that we spend Christmas exchanging gifts. God did not exchange a gift with us. He gave us the ultimate gift of Jesus' son, and that's it. He gave with no obligation for us to give back. He and, and he and Jesus looked constantly to give to people that couldn't give back. Did you, like God, give the gifts this year to those who had no way of repaying you? God gave you a gift and you have no way of repaying him for Jesus. God gives us gifts still to this day and we have no way of repaying him. That's the heart of Christmas. The third one. Now, I the third one's about religious duty. I want you to be engaged in religious duty, of course. Religious duty is awesome. It's like we're created for the right good works. We're created to be uh, these different things and function these different ways in our family, in our community, in our work, and in our church. But the question is, did you energetically engage in religious duties that are rooted in him and flow from him. Did you energetically engage in religious duties that are rooted in God and flow from your devotion to him and your devotion to those who bear his image? No, this is like really deep stuff. Okay. For me, it is. It's always a challenge when I, you know, think of just family out to eat or just only gifts for people who deserve them or only gifts for people that are going to get me a gift. All right. So this fourth one, the first one is, did you engage in intimate acts of worship? The second one, did you give gifts this year 
to those who couldn't repay you? The third one, did you energetically engage in religious duties that are rooted in him? This fourth one, did you sacrifice out of obedience or did you allow your sacrifice to replace obedience? Did you sacrifice out of obedience or did you allow your sacrifice to replace obedience? We see this in Amos that we, the, the, the scripture I just used. If you go back and read that chapter, you'll see that happening. But we see this throughout scripture where God followers point to their sacrifice and God constantly refers them back to obedience. Now, when I, when I pastored or when I preach or when I talk to people or when I do life coaching, I have a lot of people who are struggling with something in their life, um, a goal, uh, a setback, and instead of pointing to their obedience to the heart of God as God speaking to them and guiding them as a father, they point to their sacrifice. Well, I gave up this. God hates that, and it doesn't work out very well. So if you, you know, this Christmas, if you sacrifice certain things to to do something or go somewhere or for people, um, you might have needed to be obedient instead. So in general, to wrap up these four, did you give gifts and acts of service and words and your finances consistently and cheerfully, cheerfully this Christmas with an I was made to give mindset? That's what it comes down to. If you didn't, God, I'm not saying God hates Christmas, but he might hate the way you celebrated a part of Christmas. All right. And it's again, this is to like make you think, make you go, hmm, how do I want to celebrate Christmas next year? Because it's coming again this next year. If all goes well in the world, we're going to have Christmas again this year uh, in, in 2023. So the answer to the question just leads me to a whole bunch of stuff, other stuff. But I'm going to end it here in the next minute. But does God hate Christmas? Of course not. However, and there's a big however, there's a big but right here. God may hate partly how I am celebrating Christmas. God may hate how I'm living out the birth of his son in certain areas. God may hate how I'm living out the beauty of the story of the Christmas story the rest of the year. God may hate that, and and I want you to wrap your mind around that. That doesn't mean he hates me. doesn't mean he hates you. It means he hates that thing, and he doesn't hate that thing because he's offended or his feelings are hurt. He hates that thing because he didn't create us to celebrate this amazing thing called salvation by just giving gifts to those who deserve gifts to be given to. Okay, that's a whole other thing. And it's just like an ouch moment for me to be talking about this. So God may hate partly how I'm celebrating Christmas, which means he may hate how I'm giving financially. I may be giving a tithe, a 10%, and he may hate that I'm give, the way I'm giving it because my heart is not connected to it. My mind is not connected to it. My hope is not connected to it. And this is gets, I have a couple ands here. It's like, he may hate what I'm offering him in corporate worship. God may love that I'm connected to a local community, but when the worship starts and the music starts, he may hate how I sit there not participating. I want you to understand that. You don't get points just for sitting in a worship service. 
You don't get connected just by sitting in a worship service. Now, God can do some things. God does break through all the time to people. But man, I am created to worship. That means when I'm in a worship service, I am participating. But he may hate what I'm offering, even in conversations I'm having with others. Now, oh, wait. Oh, no. Think about this. God may also hate how I'm spending my quiet time with him. He may hate that I'm showing up and directing the entire conversation and, and he doesn't get a word in edgewise. In fact, a lot of times we call it quiet time, but we're not quiet at all. A lot of times we call it like quiet time where we get together with Jesus, but we're reading the words of someone else all the time. All right. So, hey, God may hate some things that we're doing. And it's a good hate. It's a loving hate. It's a hate designed to move us into better practices, more connection, more space, more time with him. All right, maybe more on this later on, but right now, why not ask God where he wants you to change up some of the good things you're doing for him, the good things in parentheses, you're doing for him in parentheses in 2023. All right, God bless you. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, not by yet. If you haven't subscribed to my newsletter or to this podcast, which I'm just trying to start, go ahead and do that right now. I would appreciate it. Bye.